Welcome back to the 3F podcast for episode eight. Today, we are going to touch on lessons that schools never taught us. As always, your host, uh, Timothy Clayton Cornell with dad. Hey, dad. Morning. <laughs> so uh, as as we said it before, Jason, I'm going to refer to him as dad because it's pretty obvious. But we really wanted to touch on a, a fan request today of like lessons that schools never taught us about life, which is going to be vast. There's a lot of things that schools never taught us that if you have parents in your life, like I, you know, I have my dad, he had to teach me. And it should have been stuff that you would think when I have to spend 16 years in school, 13 years in school, they would have taught me a little bit about it. Um, And the first one I really want to touch on is very close to, you know, what you you do every day and what you taught me growing up is a skill to get a job because that's the whole point of going to school, whether it's just through high school or even continuing higher education with college is how to negotiate, how to do sales. People, they go anywhere and you get some high school kid that works at a kiosk somewhere. He doesn't even know how to sell you a product. You have so many things that every job you're going to, you have to view it as a sales job. I mean, I'm sure you can attest how often you think it's, you're in a blue collar trade. You work on locks and doors and, and security systems, but you have to learn how to sell. Do you not? Yes. Uh, the, a big part of the field I'm in being a locksmith is not only knowledge based, but uh, <clears throat> you have to be a salesman. Um, and not only because, you know, as an employee or as an owner, you're trying to make more money for the company and yourself. Um, the more money you make, the more valuable you are to the company you work for. But a lot of times when we try to, I would say, I hate the term, but to upsell somebody, um, it's because it's life-threatening. Um, because we deal with building codes and life codes and ADA code and a bunch of other stuff dealing with commercial and residential applications. Um, you know, you think of case in point, uh, what they call door closer, which is that piece on the top of the door, which automatically pulls the door shut. Those things break and leak all the time. Well, if you have hydraulic fluid leaking onto what's in most commercial applications, a hard type floor, whether it's tile, wood, or concrete, what happens when you put oil on the floor? Slips. You have, you have, you have a slip scenario. Um, and that's all you need is someone to come through, whether it's an elderly person who can easily break a hip if they're, you know, weak boned or a child to come through, um, anything like that. So you have to present it to the customer to let them understand this is this few hundred dollar repair can save you tens of thousands, if not more, um, by not taking care of the situation right now. So some of them are like, hey, you know, this is leaking, you should replace it. And they're like, oh, okay, thanks. And that's not the way to approach it. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it's not to try to force somebody to buy anything. I am totally against that, what they call the used car salesman mentality, where, yeah. you know, you trick people into buying things. That's not the way I like to do things. That's not the way I train my employees to do things. Um, it's, you know, you present it as this is a highly recommended scenario and whether they take it or not is up to the, to that employee or that homeowner. Um, you know, it's, but sales in general play a huge part in pretty much any job. I mean, yeah. even if you're running the register at McDonald's, 
it's your job to get that person to buy that cookie or that pie or to upgrade the size of their fries or their drink. Yeah. Sales position. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're saying, do you want to upsize that for 39 cents? You just made a sale. Yeah. So, and you know, you're like, you're in the blue car space. So you, you have to worry about these ADA standards. You have to worry about lawsuits. What if someone's not, well, let's say you want to own a bakery. You have to be able, and another part of sales is going to be marketing. It's of how yep. you get people to buy. If you're not taught how to market, how to talk to somebody, how to ask them, would you like to try this brand new item that I made? We grew up in Mooresville, you know, that area. Are you raised me there? And there was a, a multiple small bakeries and they were the best places. I yep. never saw advertising for them. But the only reason I knew them is because I walked past them. But yeah. they had the best food. And you go in, they were nice. So like they knew how to sell, sell it to me. So if you want to own your own bakery, you want to be an electrician, you want to work in HVAC, anything you do, you're going to have to sell something. And even yep. on the other side, if you want to get a little technical with it, you have to sell yourself. Very true. To get a job, it, even in the military, you know, you think like once you go raise your hand, they just give you a job and you're good. No, you want you want to make more money. You want to get rank. You want to work in a different department. You want to work a different career field. You have to make yourself marketable. You have to sell yourself to somebody. Yep. You have you have to be basically you're a product that you want someone else to purchase. So if you want them to give you money for who you are then you have to become a, an asset. You have to be valuable to them. You have to bring something to the table. Um, that's why, you know, if you're looking at big firms, somebody wants a CEO or a board member, these aren't just guys off the street. There are people who marketed themselves and worked their way up the ladder and, uh, and, and, and put themselves in a scenario where people actually headhunt them. Yeah. Um, you know, and it starts at the bottom. Um, you know, like you brought up the whole kiosk thing. Um, you want to get a job at, you know, it's, it's the mall, you're running the kiosk, selling cell phone covers, uh, learn about every phone, learn about, you know, it's in, in uh, uh, shit, I'm brain fart here. Everything about that phone, you know, so you, anybody asks you a question, what about this or what about that? And even it's just a cover. If you look at somebody's phone, when you're trying to sell them this, you know, owl carved laser engraved back cover, um, oh, did you know your phone could do this? And they're like, what? You never know. That person could be the manager of a store and say, hey, you want to come work for me? Now you just went from making $8.50 an hour, you know, selling phone covers in the mall to making $12, $15, $18 an hour selling actual cell phones in a store. Yeah. You know, and then guess what? You work away from there. It's a larger company, AT&T, Verizon, whatever. You work your way up the ladder. Next thing you know, within a year or two, now you're a manager. And yeah. Or assistant manager. It's, it, it's all in education, teaching yourself and uh, expanding your knowledge base to become more valuable to the people you work for. Um, I To bring up an, another podcast I listened to, I cannot remember the gentleman's name. He was a guest on another show. And he had said... If you'd spend one hour per week, I think it was for for one year. It was damn now. I don't remember what it was. Um, but anyways, if you spent it's, it was an hour a week for like two years um, studying this one subject. It's saying you know you want to learn all about investing. If you do that by the end of that year with all the hours or you, know, you invested, you become the professional. 
people are going to come to you for answers because you did all the legwork, you did all the research, you did all the education. Um, which gets back to the more you know, the more more value you add to your job and or whatever your situation is. Yeah, so. yeah, and and a part of that you you talk about you you sell yourself, you sell your product, you show you have skill. Basic skill isn't taught at all. You have to have that. But once you start making these connections, it's networking. Like you said, someone's going to headhunt you. Yep. When you're good at your job, people are going to see it. They're going to start asking questions, whether it's not, even if it's not working for them, they're going to say your name to somebody else. Because in this is the point of networking. You, you may not be in the cell phone space at all, but your buddy who is in the cell phone space says, oh, well, I know this guy who works at this company who's a, a little disgruntled, but he does amazing work. He did my house. Yeah. He, he, he helped me buy the thing I wanted and it's exactly what I needed. He knew yep. about it. So he networked unintentionally and is now getting pulled to you as a business yeah. owner. You want to hire this guy now because you heard about him through a third party or yep. the kiosk, you know, you, you find the manager, you get hired as a part-time sales rep, making double what you made at a kiosk. Well, now that manager is going to talk to his general and he's like, Oh, you want another full-time person? I already know. We don't even have to open application windows. We don't have to take anybody off the street. Here's someone that I know as a track record. Yeah. And even higher, like this internal company, you work for a large company, you work in the military. If your name is thrown around, it's the world we live in. You can look so good on paper, but if you know the right person, you're going to get the job. You're going to get that, that appraisal. You're going to get that leg up on somebody else because your name is worth so much more than a piece of paper. And that's an issue with the college degree. If, if you see somebody who has a, a degree from NC State versus Mitchell, but it's the same degree, but you know the guy from Mitchell has four people that recommend him. Are you not going to hire the guy from Mitchell Community College? Yeah. You're going to take the person that has someone to back their name. Yep. So the piece of paper, your resume you're always going to lose out to the person who knows someone. So you need to be able to build these relationships up. And it's a part of negotiation. It's a part of sales. And when you sell yourself to somebody, you need to be able to network because the more you know someone, the more you're going to do it. The CEOs that you mentioned, they know the current board members. Yep. They know the people in upper management, the guys who started at the bottom and worked their way all the way up, whether it's, small business that grows, they know someone and they get the contract. They know someone and they get the position. It's all about who you know. So that's that would be the, the second thing in the sub point of sales is networking. And another thing I feel like on that is to build a relationship with people. You said, you know, you know everything about this phone. How, what about knowing everything about the person that you want to work for, the person you want to aspire to be? Yep. You know, you have a repeat customer in uh in restaurants. I've got a job offer to go to a different restaurant in high school because I knew the person who came in all the time. I knew where he was. I knew what he did. I knew his family. His family knew my name. So they offered me another dollar an hour, which you know, 450 to 550 was not a big difference. But <laughs> I mean, at 17, it's all in the world. So I would move from the small Italian restaurant to the seafood restaurant. It was as simple as that. All because I built a relationship with somebody. And that's, that is the main key of networking is building a relationship to sell yourself. 
it's a hard step. I mean, you know, we talked about it before, I think on episode one or two about uh, elevator speeches. Yes. You know, and that's that quick introduction, you know, 30 to 45 seconds. Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. And <clears throat> fine tuning it so that it hits home, you know, so that person is engaged. Um, and then with that, you turn that person into your advertiser. You know, they become your salesman by doing exactly what you just brought up. They go out and they say your name to other people, whether it's promote you to generate more sales or to basically promote to a new position within the same company or at a new one. Yep. And I'm actually going to put in the show notes because you and I talk about elevator speech. We, we have technically three businesses now between the two of us and maybe more coming in the future, but at at elevator speeches, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. So you guys need to look it up. You want to build a relationship. You want to network. You need to work on that 30 to 40 second sales pitch ad of yourself. So if you were to get in an elevator or you're in line at McDonald's or you're in line at Dairy Queen or at CVS and you know this person may have something that you want or may be able to help you one day, you have 30 to 40 seconds to give them your sales pitch about yourself or what you do. And I'm going to put that in the show notes um, for YouTube. And, you know, not trying to move away from that too quick, but you know, as part of that, that sales of yourself portion, let's kind of move to taking care of yourself, the stuff that school doesn't teach you. Uh, and the number one thing is something that we have to deal with. You just had to deal with this weekend is how to take care of your own stuff, like owning your own car and owning your own home. You know, they, in school, I wasn't taught how to change oil. You taught me yeah. how to do that. I wasn't taught how to change a tire. You made fun of me because I figured it out on my own, but <laughs> There's, people don't know how to check their fluid levels. I remember, I love my mom to death, but when I was 17, I asked her when the last time she did something to her car, because I did the oil in my car, and she's like, I don't think I've done it in three years. And my mom hadn't changed her oil in three years in her car. And I went to go change it, and it was sludge. Yep. Because she, she's very busy, you know, and everyone's very busy, but people don't know how to take care of their own stuff. And if you don't know how to change your own oil, you don't know how to check your wiper fluid, you don't know how to see if your battery's dead, you don't know how to fix a leaky pipe, turn off your toilet, basic home skills, car skills, you're going to have an issue in life where, you know, you're going to have to go to somebody. And unfortunately, not everybody has good sales practices. You're going to go to Valvoline or you're going to go to a dealership and they're going to sell you something you don't need. Yeah. If you don't know how to check the basic stuff on your own car, like, You don't need to know how to set your own ribs and your own tire, but just (laughs) knowing that your tires are bald or if they're not bald or that you, it's time for spark plugs in your car because it's been 75 to a hundred thousand miles, knowing that stuff, if it's not taught to you, you're going to get taken for a ride by some guy who's trying to make an upsell. He's a commission-based guy, nothing against him. They're going to take you for a ride. And then on your home, I mean, if you have an issue with, you know, you had, we had to install the dishwasher in my second house and you taught me how to install the dishwasher and the garbage disposal. And yep. some, some contractor middle of COVID would have charged us a thousand dollars probably to put in a dishwasher, which it may sound difficult, but it is extremely simple. And these are the type of things that if you don't understand some of the basics of 
how to disconnect a drain pipe and how to put a seal and put it back on. If you don't get taught that, you're you're never gonna you're never gonna learn it in life. Someone they're expecting parents to do it, but everyone has their own life. Parents are busy. Sometimes you don't have both parents in your household, or you know if you're joint custody like that, you don't get the chance to learn this stuff. Uh, and for as far as car mechanics, that was a course that in my school was frowned upon in high school. You know, you can go to college. There's there's places to go to become a mechanic, but you would feel, I feel like this, this like homeowning one-on-one or life one-on-one class should have been taught in high school. And yeah. did, did any, you know, you went to the <laughs> high school in the eighties. How? Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, I went through junior high and high school through the early mid eighties. And uh, you know, we had home ec. I mean, I remember taking home ec when I was in grade school, um, like fourth, fifth and sixth grade. And uh, you know, they taught us how to cook, how to sew, you know, how to iron all these things that you do um, as an adult, most um, with your generation, it's a, it's a little different. Most of them don't, um, they don't teach that stuff in school. I mean, they taught us how to fill out checks and balance checkbooks when I was in school. Yeah. You didn't do that with you guys. I mean, there's, it's a difference. 20 years was a huge difference in what happened in school. Um, it, I was around a lot of the, the baby boomers and all that stuff growing up. So a lot of that um, self-maintenance, whether it's home, personal, you know, your body or, um, or your vehicle, a lot of that was taught. Uh, and it was, it was beat into my head to learn every trade you can so that you will always have a job because there's always going to be a need for an electrician. There's always going to be a need for an HVAC, always going to be a need for an auto mechanic, yeah. you know, locksmith, a bricklayer, whatever. Um, whereas as a, the generations went on after I got out of school through the 80s and the 90s. It really pushed college, 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 college. You have to have a college education. Um, why it turned that way, I don't know. Um, whatever the plan was, but uh, a lot of people did that. And then now you look at how many baristas do we have that have college degrees. Yeah, you know, it's it's an ongoing social joke, but uh, it's it's sad that it's true. Um, that a lot of people went and got degrees and then either didn't like what they got their degree in, you know, either just decided to not work in that field or went to work in that field and said, Oh my God, I absolutely hate this. I mean, I know someone who went into, uh, Oh, what was it? It wasn't child psychology. It was something to do in the medical field. I can't remember what the actual degree was. Um, she got in the field within six weeks. She was like, Oh my God, I absolutely hate this job. And, uh, ended up working in restaurants until she figured what the hell she wanted to do. But, uh, you know, it's, you know, you, some people have their dream growing up. You know, I want to be a nurse or I want to ride, you know, I want to be a professional rodeo guy or, you know, I want to be a car mechanic or yourself. You know, I want to be in the military. You know, yeah. didn't know what the job was going to be, but you knew you wanted to be in there. Um, some people have that dream and that drive and some just kind of go day to day and think that life's just going to come to them. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, that's a bad way to think about it because that's what we started with this podcast is uh, you have to work on yourself to promote yourself and and to really get what you want to be yeah. um, and what you want to do with your life um some people it takes them a very long time to find that but uh i don't know that's yeah i don't know and just you know kind of loop back i do want to touch back on some of the home ec stuff but like i joined the reserves when i was 17 after six weeks i realized that's not what i wanted to do but it was took me four years of selling myself to yep. to recruiters 
to go active duty. And then going active duty, if, if you know anything about the military, the reserves are a joke. They make, people make fun of the reserves in the National Guard. They're part-time weekend warriors. So it took me a long time to prove myself uh, and to, to show that I was willing to work, that I wasn't this traditional reservist or guardsman who didn't work hard. And I had to, I had to network. I had to build relationships with people to get me in the positions I wanted to do, to be able to travel, to be able to deploy when I wanted to. And it was stuff that, well, you know, this is a really small niche, but like, I didn't know what reserves and guard was with what I wanted with my life. Now I'm not going to blame school. That's on myself. I should have Googled more at 17. More research. Yeah. But I, I had to, like I said, to loop back, I had to do that, but I do want to loop back to this home ec. So it was required from grade four on for you. Uh, yeah, pretty much. And I, I remember it briefly mentioned in high school. I don't remember this in, in middle school, the, the AutoCAD classes for like digital, all yep. of the, the actual auto classes where they went to a separate facility off school. Those were mentioned, but almost frowned upon to take. Like it's almost with that it almost sucks is because <clears throat> majority of your schools and pretty much every district in almost every state that I know of, um, don't offer it. You have to be at, in some cases, a specific school, even be offered those courses. Yeah. Uh, because some of them are either too far away to the bus or whatever, or that county just doesn't offer auto mechanics or, you know, carpentry or, you know, electricians or whatever. Um, I know the high school that you went to for a little bit uh, did. Um, yeah. I know the high school that your younger brother went to, they did, and he did go through it. You know, he took auto body and he took brick lane and a few others, and they have job placement. Um, yeah. So when you graduate, you know, they say, here's your certificate, you're certified, and here's three companies that are hiring, go interview. Yep. And now, sell yourself. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so those are great, but like for cooking, the, I learned cooking from you. Uh, I know my wife took a cooking course, which she took a home ec, but it was, she said it got like very in-depth, like this is yep. what dicing is, is what cutting is. So I learned cooking from you. So I, I kind of got that, but sewing I, I i still don't know how to sew i've actually i have i'm blurred on my screen but behind me i have i want to make a blanket of every like rugby club that i've ever been a part of. i want to make a blanket of that and i have all of my my t-shirts from the old clubs behind me so sewing is on my list to do this year uh but you know running a weed eater how to put the line in a weed eater yeah i had to to learn that from you and you know uh this this home stuff ironing I think I've ironed maybe three times in my life. I probably should do it more, especially with like my dress uniform. But <laughs> these are things that that's a good one. These are things that I never had to do, but I should like, you, you know, I, I haven't had out of a job interview in eight years, but I, I should know how to iron to make, you know, my, my dress up, my, you know, my, uh, what's the word? My suit. I don't have a suit, but to have a suit look, you know, firm in the military you used to have to you weren't supposed to but everyone used to starch their uniform i have absolutely zero idea how to starch any clothes <laughs> but these are things that make you look presentable these are things that teach you how to cook by yourself because a lot of times when you turn 18 not everyone stays home some people get kicked out they get yep. forced out on themselves so if you don't know how to to make a basic meal like how to cook onions 
for flavor with a meat or, you know, how to make a chili if you're vegetarian. What's that? Or even how to make rice. Yeah. Uh, I sometimes still fail. I I make rice every day (laughs) and I still somehow manage to fuck it up. I don't know. how. It it has with the onset of the internet, um, everything has been, it's a Google or Siri. It's a YouTube. It's always, oh, just do a quick search. Yeah. Mm, That's not always going to give you the correct information. It'll get you close and you got to figure it out yourself. But um, a lot of it's having a baseline of some information gives you the uh, kind of like a small knowledge base. What am I trying to say here? Uh, so you're not so petrified or terrified or, you know, uneasy thing. Oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. You know, having a little bit of, uh, you know, will and self power to, and to say, Oh, this is easy. I can, I know I can do this. Um, when someone shows it to you, you have, you, you develop a connection with someone for one, yeah. you know, you become closer and it also will help you with helping others I'm kind of getting off track here. Um, so that if you have to go and you get to the point where you have kids like you do now, you show showing your son how to do things. Um, if you're looking for it on YouTube, and or whatever and one of your kids or your friends comes up are you going to step up and say hell yeah i can show you or teach you or you know take some time to do this with you or you can tell them just look it up that's what i did yeah and even on that you know sometimes baseline uh i had to take apart my dryer the other day because my son decided to pull the the lint piece out and throw my wallet down it so i had to completely take apart my dryer the other day and so I, I had to YouTube how to take apart this type of dryer to find out where the clips were to take off my covers. But if I didn't know basic hand tools, this is another thing that could have been taught in like life 101 class with cooking and how to take care of a car and how to change like a window screen. If I don't know how to use basic hand tools, I would have spent an hour on YouTube looking up how to use a drill, what a C-clip is, um, how to work a hinge because I had to take the hinges off. If I didn't know how to do that, I would have spent another an hour to do a three minute job of taking off the covers of my, my dryer. That those are the simple things that should be taught in a school where you spend K through 12 is 13 years of your life. And if you, you know, a lot of times I spend a lot of times in like summer camps, if I didn't work with you when I was a teenager, it's all year for 13 years, you're in school. These are things that you would think they would teach you. And it doesn't have to be all day. You know, you don't have to ruin a kid's, view on life it could be a quick 10 or 15 minute instruction on okay here's a corded drill um you know and here's the button on the side if you push this button so the air is facing you then that yeah. means you're going to pull the screw towards you or the whole lefty loosey you know yeah. if you go back to when i was in school and pre and before that um it's you know what a, those what a, are quick 5 10 15 minute instructions and then move on with the day yeah and you know what a ratchet is what what, what tools you need in your house you need to have you know, an adjustable wrench, some Allen keys. If you don't have a drill, a screwdrivers, what the different types of screwdrivers, it, you know, a basic toolbox that if, if you're uh, sink spitting water everywhere, how to turn off the water or yep. that, you know, you threw something under the sink and you cracked a pipe, how to change that PVC pipe. Because usually you can do that with your hands yep. and you go to Lowe's and you can buy the little U joint for six bucks. And now you don't have to call a plumber $150 for a $6 job. Yeah, uh, some some basic taking care of yourself, taking care of your home, taking care of your car. That's uh, big things. 
long-winded way to say I feel like school should have taught me more about how to be an adult. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I think there's a lot that, I mean, and that could go on for hours, but there's a lot of things that were removed from schools that I think shouldn't have been. Um, and it's, of course, if you look at other countries, they actually teach a lot of these things. Yes. Um, you know, I, it's uh, there shouldn't have been more self-preparedness and motivation, um, which I think would help a lot of people out here. Yeah. You know, people just don't have that mechanical inclination, um, yeah. you know, to learn how to use the hand tools that we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, you know, some people are, are very book smart, um, which there's nothing wrong with that. There, there are positions for everybody in society. Um, but again, I think everybody should learn this basic, uh, basic care for, you know, whether you're renting a house or not, you got to call the maintenance guy and he says, well, I can't be there for four or five hours. And you got water spraying all over your furniture. You need to know how to turn your water off. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, this, this is a great way to, to lead into one of the next points is like the financial side of that. If how much money can you save by knowing how to turn off water in your house, like where the water point is, knowing how to cook so you don't go out to eat, knowing how to change your own oil in your car so you save $100 every three months oh. that you have to change your oil. You know, it's $40 for your own. You go to a dealership, it's $150. Yeah. Um, how to change a tire so you're not calling a AAA or a tow truck. Um, just knowing some of these base things, these are, these are $100. They're not everyday expenses. This isn't going to make a difference in a budget, but it's these emergency expenses that you're going to save 100 or if not hundreds by knowing yep. how to do, how to hang something, how, how to plant a garden so you can just grow some tomatoes. You know, yeah. That's a hobby. That's enjoyable. But they don't teach that. And they said to kind of segue into financials, you're going to save hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of dollars a year by not having to pay a general contractor to come fix a sink or a plumber or electricians. Maybe. Yeah. You get into electricals. That's very, you know, you have fires. Electrical, you know, like switching out an outlet, um, you know, replacing your, your flip light switch for a motion one. Those are things you can really easily do at home. Um, literally with a flathead and a Phillips head screwdriver, uh, I'm going to turn the power off first. <laughs> yeah. But know, uh, knowing you know, to turn off the power at the breaker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, knowing that your panel is, is, is labeled correctly. Um, but that's another segue, but there's certain things you can do. You know, if you want to change your light switch in your bathroom to a motion switch, which I did in one of our bathrooms because everybody wanted to go in and hit the switch on the right when it's actually on the left. So after two years of everybody complaining about it, I put a motion switch in. So now I don't have to listen to anybody saying, where's your light switch? Um, it just comes on automatically. So yeah. uh, you know, I, we had guests this weekend, we had some friends over, and they were late coming because they had an issue with their dryer. Since you brought that up, um, it wouldn't heat anymore. So I asked them, I said, is yours a Samsung? They said, yes. I quickly went to my phone, pulled up Amazon real quick, said, look, this is the element you need. They're like, what do you mean? I said, your element burned out. Explained to them what it was told her husband exactly what he needed to do to replace it and um, just saved him $350. They bought a $28 part to fix their dryer and it's going to take him about an hour to fix it today. Do I mean dryers? If it's a Samsung, I bought my dryers on sale for 700. So that you, yeah. you saved them $650 from buying a new Samsung or a on sale new Samsung. I, a, a pair is $1,500 now. Air $1,500 all day. Yeah. So and like I said, the segue into our final point of financials. School doesn't teach anything about finances. Like you said earlier, 
checkbook. Now, granted, you, people don't write checks anymore unless it's business. You really don't write checks anymore. But knowing what a budget is. Yes, knowing, that's you know, a big one. Uh, developing a budget, even if you're just now getting a job um, and you're in high school, you don't have any overhead. Uh, um, you know, you I mean you're living with your parents or whatever, you know, whatever your situation is, if you're not paying rent, um, you might be making a car payment or maybe your parents or a family member or friend gave you a car, but someone's making you pay your insurance, which is what I did with you guys. I give you a car, but it's up to you to pay for your own insurance. If you want to have a vehicle, this is how you need to take care of it. And then of course, teaching you how to change your oil and everything else, but start a budget. You know, you know, you're making $200 a week, whatever my insurance is costing me 300 a month. Write that down. Find out how much money you need to make every week to cover everything and then grow from there. Yeah. I, I do want to pause. You co-signed. You co-signed for me. You did not buy me a car. I made, first, the, I made the monthly payments. Well, your brother got a car and your sister got a car. I bought my car. Yes, you did. Well, you had three jobs too, so. Yeah, I spent way too much time working in high school. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so financials, a budget, like you said, if you if your parents ask you, you know, we'll give you a car, you know, like the hundred or thousand dollar beaters Subaru or Honda that they had, that's a gift. One, a lot of people forget, like that's something they're giving you. You need to pay for the insurance. You the repairs. Put, yeah, and the repairs. So you make a thousand a month at your part-time job tutoring or working at a, as a bus boy or a dishwasher. You need to make sure 300 goes to that go spend the rest of the money if you want, you know, you're in high school, you're supposed to enjoy it, but know that you need that 300. Yeah. Put that aside. And, you know, I wouldn't put it personally in a savings account. That's one thing I want wrote down and I want to cover, but make sure that 300 gets separated. If yes. you have like a free money account and a bills account, that's how I do it. It's how my wife and I have our bank account set up. We have our own free money accounts. So we can go, I can go spend $3,000 tomorrow on gym equipment if I wanted to, because I know I have an account set that covers all of my bills every month. It covers three months of bills. If there was an insane catastrophe and I didn't get paid for three months, I have three months of bills right now that's yep. budgeted and I have my free money. So you $300 for insurance, like you said, that sits in that account every month, maybe put a little bit extra in case you have to wait a week to get paid. And the other 650, go out to eat. You know, go hang out with your friends, go to, you know, we're from the Carolinas, so go to Carowinds, go downtown, go top golf. That's the first time I ever top golf was three weeks ago. And it was one of the most fun things <laughs> I had about. So enjoy it at, at some point, learn to play, like learn yes. to enjoy, take in all faucets from. Not to deviate away from them. And yes, there is free time and play time and time to enjoy life. We still recommend you invest some of it. Yeah. Whether it's a money market or whatever, put it somewhere. It's going to get you a little bit. And whatever you decide your percentage is, 1, 2, 5, 10, 20%. But right. yeah, take time to enjoy life. Don't feel you have to constantly just work and run and run and run and run and beat yourself to death to make your bills. Yeah. If you are, then you're probably living beyond your means. But um, take the time to, to do things that help relax you and enjoy. And it's a lot of it's life memories. Um, Budget you know, for the play. Like, you know, now with now having, you know, seven grandkids, number eight on the way, we don't, uh, you know, toys and stuff are outgrown quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, we like to do life experiences. So yeah. our thing is, you know, with your sister, we bought them an annual membership to the science museum for the kids. Um, you know, for it was 
couple months ago, but it was early Christmas present. We went to the local private zoo and did a whole animal experience where we got to, you know, actually handle, um, you know, kangaroos and, you know, monkeys and armadillos and all this other stuff. That's things that as you're growing up, you're going to remember that forever. Yeah. You know, and, you're not going to remember a teddy bear or a book that you had when you were four or five or six. Um, some do, some do stick in there. Um, yeah. You know, I'm old. Chili Willy was like my favorite book. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, again, back to your point is take, take some time to enjoy yourself. Go to the beach for the weekend. That's, and you can budget for that play. You can budget for the enjoyment, budget your bills first. Make sure you make a thousand. If you're making 500 a month and you have to pay 300. So you only have 200 a month play with, put 50 bucks aside every month. And that way in three or four months, you've got three, four, five, $600 put away that you can go and spend two or three days at the beach or go to the mountains or go to Carowinds or take a flight and go to Florida for three days. It's yeah. cheap. You know? So, yeah. And so budgets and, you know, you mentioned investing, you know, the, it's hard when you're young to think about investing, whether you're 18 or 24, but the yep. difference you can invest the same amount you can invest like was 500 or 5,000 a year from 18 to 30 and never invest again. In that 12 years, 18 to 30, you invest 5,000 a month and just leave it until you're 60. You will make more money than someone who was 30 investing 8,000 a year. I think it was almost double until they were 60. So you did 12 years of work and stopped. They did way more work for 30 years. And because they started earlier, the person who started earlier still makes more. Yep. So like you said, whether it's 1%, 2%, 10%, you know, if you make $100 a week, putting $5 aside for 20 bucks a month into an account, you know, is going to go so much farther than waiting until you graduate college and you make, you know, 60, 70,000 a year and try to play catch up. Catch up will never beat preparation. So you need to invest early, invest often and invest what you can well, a lot of it's mindset too. So if you, yeah. if you get yourself to understand that you're, you're going to relive on whether you do the 50, 30, 20 rule or however you want to do it. Um, if you start that early, you will, you will follow that guideline. You know, yeah. It'll stick with you. Um, you know, if you, if you live the phrase weekend warrior, you live paycheck to paycheck later in life, whether it's, you know, one year, two years, 10 years, you're, it's going to be a lot, it's a lot more difficult to start that after the fact. Yeah. Cause you're like, man, I just, I'm not, I'm losing this when I should have that. And if you started early, if you, you won't depend on having that, you'll get used to it just being gone. And it's an afterthought. You just don't even think about it. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. Getting that preparation early and, you know, it's going to be able to set you up for everything else. Uh, and the last thing I want to touch on in the financials is, uh, understanding what credit is. If yes. the schools didn't teach you what a, what a bad APR is, what a bad interest rate is, how to yes. budget your money to build credit, you know, get a credit card, but only put gas on it. So you yeah. build a credit. So in five years, when you graduate college or you've got yourself set and you're not living with family and friends anymore, you have a, a rapport, you have a, 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 report, a report stating that you only put $100 a month on a credit card, but you paid it off in full every month. So now you have this great 750 credit score. You can go buy a house with an FHA loan or if you're military, a VA loan with little to no money down, you know, maybe a few thousand dollars. It doesn't take 20%. A lot of people think it takes 20%, but now you can buy a house for cheap and you're going to get the best interest rate. You're going to have a lower payment. And now you own something that is yours. You have a house. You can do whatever you want with it. 
You could destroy it. You could have friends live with you. You could start a family. A lot, a lot of people don't understand is, you know, just go back to like we, getting insurance. Lower credit scores pay higher insurance rates. Yep. And a majority of people don't know that. So the higher your credit score is, the better everything's going to be. You're going to pay lower interest rate on credit cards. You're going to pay a lower interest rate on your vehicle loan, on your home loan. You're going to get better rates on your insurance and everything else. Yeah. Um, so really recommend everybody pull the report, whether you do it through Credit Karma or any other. You can just get a free one, go online and sign up for it and receive it in the mail. Yeah. I got what it is. But definitely, you have to work on your credit um, yeah. because it's unfortunately how it's with society is. Without credit, you can't get anything. Yep. So, and you know, a little bit farther, you want to start your own business, you want to create your own thing. You know, if you have the sales, you have the negotiation tactics to create your own business later in life. Having a good credit is going to make all the difference. You and I have to use debt to purchase properties. Yes. And to, even for you to, to be able to purchase more in, in your own business and in, 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 uh, being a locksmith, if you haven't shown early on that you can manage money, the wealthy get wealthier by using debt to buy assets, Yes, to buy stock. And Amazon, the number one company or number two company in the world, is mostly in debt because they own all of these products. Yes. You own houses, you own debt. So being able to manage debt early shows banks and shows lenders, you can now do more. You can buy a better house, you can buy a bigger house, you can buy a better car, or you can buy more things long run and investments that are going to appreciate over time and grow. So those, uh, those are the biggest things to me that I think schools need to start early on to teach people. Yes. And you know, oh, I missed it. I didn't see Jeff. You know, Jeff is dealing with some some family travels. You know, he enjoyed the holidays. But what are you drinking this morning, Dad? I, I missed that part of the episode. Oh, yeah. Celsius. This one's the uh, tropical vibe. Sugar-free. Caffeinated. Oh, yeah, <laughs> caffeine. I had my black coffee because I'm still in my fast and water. So, at least yes. it wasn't a Zevia. For anyone who's paid attention to every episode, it was always a Zevia between Jeff and I. And for yeah. once, we have something new. So, yeah. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to the podcast. Uh, we look forward to speaking to you guys next week. If you have any questions, please drop them below. And make sure to check out the elevator speech pitch because it can be used in all faucets of life. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Have a great day.